I have the Dirty Doc McNatt here on Monday Night Raw, and we got some pre-recorded comments with Steve McBeverly right now. Hey, wrestling fans, this is Steve McBeverly, Lady of the Chicago Bears, and I'm tickled pink to be part of Lawrence Hill's All-Pro team. It's going to be a WrestleMania. I'll tell you one thing, I heard of this Dirty Dog character making disparaging remarks about me. Well, I'm going to show up on Main Event Status Radio next week, and we're going to see what he's all about. From the intersection of Sunset Boulevard and Pastry, Minnesota, Welcome to Minivan Status Radio here in Stockton, California, the Memorial Civic Center. Auditorium. Whatever, Sorry Beverly to Thrills. You, I apologize. I am I the Dirty Dog Darcy. He is Mr. Beverly Thrills, who likes to uh, cut in and out whenever he wants to dig it. Yeah, how's it going, Beverly? I'm the cutster, man. When you're the cutster, you just get it done. I'm doing well. How about you? I am wonderful after the first cut, because the, how they always say the first cut is the deepest, Beverly Hills. And you just <laughs> made the first cut. Oh my gosh! I hope Mrs. Beverly Hills can't hear that. She's not a big Cheryl Crow fan. I know it's a it's a cover, but that's the most well known one. I was just saying, talk about that song. I remember back in two thousand eight when I was cruising in a bruising over in Africa. Okay, we heard that song by Rod Stewart. Oh, the, yeah, that's the original. I couldn't think of it. And couple of my buddies and I who were riding together in the van listened to her, her that song. We were sitting that song to each other for the rest of the, rest of the trip. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> Sounds like it, man. So this is a 102nd episode of Monday Night Raw from Monday, yes, March 13th, 1995, which is taped and aired the same day, which is Gosh, we're almost nice. like we're almost like right on on the dates, by the way. Like things have worked out really well for us. Well, if it wasn't for, I'm, I'm happy that they had the dog show that one week uh, skipped that skipped it because yeah, like you said, we pretty much almost lined up perfectly for our review. The dirty dog show. Yes, <laughs> those dirty dogs like to kick Monday Night Raw off the TV screen, Gorilla. Oh, oh. So according to my Ruku. Lawrence Taylor gets support from NFL stars going to WrestleMania. Yes. Plus, Bret Hart takes on Jerry the King Lawler. And so much more. Oh, so much more. So much more. I say the so much more is the best part, in my opinion. I'm more excited for the so much more than the stuff that you're Roku hyped. Uh, you said that you're not looking forward to Bret Hart versus Jerry the King Lawler. I'm not saying I'm not like I'm saying I was looking forward to it and we'll we'll get to it. I don't think it lived up to its potential, but we'll get to it when we get to that point of the show. That is true. I'm excited to see some NFL stars giving their support to LT. <laughs> well, I know you're the biggest NFL fan that I know. So, <laughs> you would be the most excited. <laughs> Especially with Carlton Banks showing up at WrestleMania here in a few weeks. <laughs> Carlton Banks. <laughs> and Andy Four Horsemen. What's the what's the dad's name? Phil. Phil yeah, Banks. Uncle Phil, Phil yes. Banks will be there. <laughs> be I'd be really excited if <laughs> William Avery, Philip Banks was there. <laughs> Same here. 
So we might as well take a quick break for we can catch our breath. We'll be right back with a review of Monday Night Raw, episode 102. Stand by. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. I'm here on the Dirty Dogs Diamonds here on Many Events Status Radio. You guys always hear me talk about my trucks, 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 trucks. And here is, is Dusty Hills to talk about my trucks. Oh, Dog Stimus, baby! You know, they're always telling me, Oh, Dusty Hills, are we... How many people... Are, are there anybody there when you're talking with uh, Dog Stamets? Oh, we got must have 20,000 people behind this camera, Daddy-O. They're talking about Jeeps. They're talking about trucks. They're talking about cars. You know, if you in the Florida Panhandle, baby, you got to come down to Dog Stamets' uh, car emporium. Tell him that Dusty Hill sent your brother. Want to know what else I really like Beverly Hills? What else? This episode of Monday Night Raw and of Native huh. Status Radio. Yeah. The show opens up with a PowerPoint slide of Bret Hart versus Jerry the King Lawler. McMahon tells us that Bret is the greatest superstar of all the times. And then we see the attack from Jerry the King Lawler to Bret the King Hart from the King of the Ring 1993. Uh-huh. And Lawler tells us on the World Wrestling Federation of Superstars and on Raw three weeks ago, that Bret Hart is a racist. I just don't even get this like angle that they're doing with the racism and stuff. It just really makes, makes no, sense, no yeah. sense to me. I just there's like no basis. I get that they want to um, extend the Lawler Hart feud and whatnot, and like I guess this is what the best they can do. But wow. This is the best they can do? I don't know. I guess we'll get to it later on in the episode, but I feel like I can kind of see there's some ties to what we'll be seeing later on in the episode in, in the future with Bret Hartford's and Jerry Lawler. But, well, you know, I'd say that the inclusion of who we'll get to later is pulling this in the right direction at yeah. least. Uh, just having him be like, you're racist. He's a racist is just <laughs> awful. And it just makes no sense. But yeah, I, the fact that they're, they're bringing in this like kind of Japanese contingent to be on his side, at least is pushing it in, in the right direction. Like I said, then McMahon also tells us that we will see the blues brothers will battle the one, two, three kid and Bob Holly. The dream team. The dream team itself. One, two, three, kid, and Hardcore Holly. I'm sorry to break, to, to break it to McMahon, but Hardcore Holly and X-Pac is no dream team. No. Dream, dream teams that are better than one, two, three, kid, and Bob Holly. The greatest, Number one. The greatest. Cake and uh, Greg Valentine. Number two. Even, oh, who is the new dream team? Shoot. It's it's Greg Valentine and a different person. Oh, shoot. Dino Bravo. Yes. Also better than one, two, three kid and Bob Holly. Number one dream team, Michael Jordan, Carl Malone, <laughs> the nineteen ninety-two uh NBA, the US Olympic team. Number one dream team. Also better than uh, X Pac and uh, Hardcore Holly. May I, may I say Mr. Beverly Hills? What's up? The greatest dream team ever <laughs> in the video scope, the internet scope, or whatever other scopes there are out there, has to be the tag team of Beverly Hills and the Dirty Dog. 
<laughs> oh, nice. The Beverly Bodies. Yes, uh, Beverly Bodies. <laughs> then McMahon welcomes us with Jim Cornette to Raw to Stockton Memorial Civic Center. Auditorium. Whatever. <laughs> then we get the first match of the night. The Head Shrinkers versus the Blues Brothers. Yes. Yes. And one of my yes. first notes of this match was, hearing the Head Shrinkers theme song again, I remember as a kid being scared crapless to their theme song. Yeah, you know, it really fit the mood, right? It's kind of a foreboding um, tone with the bird calls and, and whatnot. What is and bird calls? I think that's birds. To me, it sounded like rats. <laughs> be i'm pretty sure it's like supposed to be like a jungle so i'm i'm fairly certain that it's supposed to be birds but i mean i could be wrong i could be wrong too but because yeah it it is kind of a foreboding song i would agree with you actually i remember back then in 1995 hearing the head shrinkers themes however they came out i as a dirty young puppy dog was scared poopless and (laughs) and wet foodless because of their theme song (laughs) Okay. Yeah, and so Vince explains that 123 Kid and Bob Holly are in a traffic jam that's been caused by some type of storm um, raging in Northern California. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Whatever. So, okay. So, yeah, so then we get the Blue Brothers out. Um, Cornette mentions that both teams are as crazy as bed bugs. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure of the sandy level of bed bugs, but I can't imagine that you know they're they're nice. Yeah, I can't see them being nice either. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking up Northern California weather in 1994. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it wasn't okay. that bad. So, um, all right, so. We get kind of a side note that will be explained earlier, but that McMahon explained a little bit about men on a mission, kind of acting out, getting a little crazy on Saturday. But like I said, we'll get to that later. Yes. Which I'm excited to talk about. Yeah. Then 5-2, when the <laughs> Blues Brothers uh, start the match. Yep, 5-2 and one of them. So uh, the Blue... <laughs> Rammed Fatu's head into the corner, and we got a little Fatu being funky, getting funky like a monkey a little bit. Um, and and he got he got out of that. Uh, he did that a couple times in the match. What do you, what's your opinion of kind of like the um, humanizing of the head shrinkers? I, I I wrote down this is definitely like a transitionary period for I, them. I enjoyed it because it helps relate the fans to re- relate to the head shrinkers that they they are just like the one of us. Sure. So I enjoyed it. Okay. All right. Especially looking back at it now. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how to feel. Because, I mean, like, the whole, like, gosh, voodoo backward thing, that's pretty bad, right? <laughs> that's, yeah. But, I mean, also in this kind of new Fatu kind of dancing period, I'm not really sure, like, what kind of their character is, but maybe that's okay. I don't know. Maybe that's, like, my bias is coming through that, like, just because they're Samoan, they don't need, like, a weird character. So, I don't know. Maybe I need to be all right with it. 
I'm all right with Beverly Hills. So I, I represent you. I'm being all right with it. So all right, okay. cool. And I mean, I like so. Then my next stone is of, um, sorry, of barbarian, aka Sioni, doing a, a nice flying clothesline, and later he followed with a, um, pretty cool flying shoulder block. Uh, so I, th- I thought I'd like to get your thoughts on the barbarian in general. What's your opinion of him as a, as a wrestler? I enjoyed seeing Barbie. I like to call him Barbie. Okay. Uh, in a tag team role, like you okay. know, you know, here in the Head Shrinkers or in the Faces of Fear with Ming in WCW, right? I, I, I feel like as a single star, I really don't know how far he could go, okay. if far at all. Like I can't see him even challenging for the Intercontinental Title. I feel like in a tag team role like the Head Shrinkers or the Faces of Fear, I remember at least back then how scared I was of. Him and me, or him and Fa too. Okay. So I felt like you know being teamed up with somebody who can kick a lot of rear and seem scary. I thought it was probably the best role for him. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I you know some guys are fit for tag team work, or even you know we talked about bodyguard types two oh, weeks ago. I think Barbarian's a great bodyguard type. Um, he's big. He's bruising. He cuts a you know impressive uh, physique on the outside. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Mean was a bodyguard for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Ming went through like four different gimmick changes within his first year of being in WCW. He was like, yeah, <laughs> he was like wearing wearing a suit as like a bodyguard. Then he like. He was wearing this giant like dragon head thing, and and just yeah, he went through a bunch of different. Uh, <laughs> well, I, f- I feel like the barbarian would play a great bodyguard, just like Mean did though for the first year yeah. or so. Right, I agree. Okay, so um, yeah, the the Blues hit again, kind of their signature maneuver, the double big boot, um, but. Fatu was able to break up the pin. We got a couple nice power slams in this match. The first one from one of the blues, um, a much better one later with uh, from Sioni from Barbarian. Um, but yeah, we'll get to that one in a little bit. Um, so that, right then we went to commercial, which I felt like the commercial. We would go to a commercial break with no warning from McMahon. And it was a very awkward time to go to commercial. I know that um, it's, uh, I don't know, it can sometimes be like boring or whatever because it's like, oh, well, of course they're going to go to commercial when they're in like a headlock or whatever. But it's weird when something is happening and then when we come back and something totally different is happening. And that's what happened here, right? Like we – I didn't even catch what happened right before the commercial, but we came back and one of the blues had a headlock on Barbarian and I didn't even, you know, it was, I think Barbarian was in control when we, uh, when we went to commercial. So yeah, yeah, I, felt, was yeah, I was wondering what the hell was going on too. When we came back from commercial, cause like you said, it, we go into commercial with one thing. We come out of commercial yeah. with something different, which is weird, which is definitely weird. Um, we had a couple different switcheroos from the um, from the blues. 
That was kind of one of their the themes twin, throughout the match. Their twin magic. Yes, twin magic. You got it. Um, during this time, I wanted to take note and um, did you see the stomps that the blues were laying into barbarian's face they were not pulling those at all you could see like their the soles of their shoes like smacking the side of his face i felt bad for barbie i did a little bit what it now i can't remember who it was i want to say it was now I, i feel like we're talking more about him than we're talking about barbarian but i think it was ming haku that um said to whoever he was facing like just hit me like don't i can see i can see haku saying that no just hearing some stories i've heard about haku over the years i can see haku saying that yeah like he just he says you know just hit me in the face because that uh, i can take it or whatever and i i don't know they're friends or whatever, but I wonder if Barbarian said that too. But holy crap, you could see, like, they were kicking with all their force. It wasn't even, because, you know what, no offense to the Blue Brothers, but I'm guessing that they can't make it look that good. So yeah. so I'm going to guess that they were actually kicking him yeah. uh, at that rate. But um, so at that point, so they're really working on um, Barbarian, Sioni at that point. Um and he's able to do that really nice power slam, like I said. But the thing about the power slam and why this one looked so awkward is that he hits the power slam, but then he has to, like, act like he can't make a pin. So he, he slams and then he just, like, kind of stumbles away. <laughs> so, so I was like, oh, that's too bad. That's kind of an awkward moment there. Maybe he um, had too much whiskey then before the match. Okay. <laughs> Maybe he was hanging out with Ken beforehand. Who's Ken? Because he's Barbie. Oh, God. Okay, so he's able to tag in Fatu, who, I don't know, this is a really awesomely just funny sequence to me. He had a super kick, danced a little, hit another super kick, danced a little more, (laughs) then tried a pin, but it was broken up by the other blue. (laughs) I was like, man, if you'd stop dancing, you'd have the win here, brother. <laughs> maybe he's more concerned. Maybe he gets uh, bonuses on his paycheck if he dances a little more. Well, gosh, if I got dances for um, every time I danced, I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> Which I'd totally love to see you dance a little more to Beverly Hills. If it makes If it makes you more money, Jack. Uh, so then at this point it all kind of breaks down we uh, we're fighting in the ring we're fighting in the um outside the ring goes up the st- uh up the walkway the aisle up to the uh, the screen there and uh out to the back so we got our double count out here i have to be honest beverly hills with no rating of this match oh i rated this match a dud Oh, no. It, it was very, very slow and very, very boring for me. I rated this match two stars. It has it has the co-highest rating in the whole night for me. Um, I, really, I liked this match a lot. <laughs> this is my kind of match. To me, I thought this was pretty fast-paced because we got the most of the control segment of the, the headlock was in that commercial. Um, 
and I, I really like, and this is a, a personal choice more than I say that like everybody needs to needs to appreciate these type of matches, but these really kind of hard hitting, um, you know, slug slug matches. That's kind that's my kind of match. So uh, I respect why you gave it a dud. I could definitely see people giving it a dud, but I liked it. Uh, to to each their own, because you know, like last week when we talked about Sean for his bulldog, how I rated that higher than you, and how you felt like mm-hmm. the middle was lower than. You know, it was very slow and hurt it for you, and I really enjoyed it. So I guess you have to <laughs> each their own. Right. That's one beautiful thing about professional wrestling that's, per, you, know, all, you know, all based on one's perspective, one's opinion. And we've, I think we, I don't know if we've talked about this, maybe off air, but good wrestling shows and good wrestling companies, products, whatever you want to say, should be something for everybody. Yeah. It sh- it shouldn't be one type of thing the whole time. You know, we can't. There is a place for matches like this. There is a place for longer things like we saw last week with Bulldog and HBK. There is a place for high flying. There's a place for hardcore matches. All that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, you know, it do- it doesn't have to be one or the other. Because yes, I can sit through. 15 minutes of one thing, you know, to get to the next one. And if it's all, if it's all one type, well, then we have a problem, but you know, yeah, I've heard it comp- being pro wrestling being compared to a, a circus, right? Uh huh. People you know, go to the circus cause they like to see different things. I want to see that, you know, the elephants to people. Uh, you can't go see the elephants anymore. Barnum and Bailey are going to retire the elephants. How sad. Yeah. But yeah, you know, people go see one thing or people see the clowns or, See the lines or whatever else, you know. People right. go to the circus to see different things. And just like like you said with pro wrestling, people go to see, you know, their tag team, you know, Haas fights like you like you like to watch. Or for me, I like to see, my you know, my mad, Heartbreak Kids versus Bulldog matches, you know, for yep. 15 minutes and, and all that fun stuff. Right. So we mm-hmm. must get back to the show with how Vince then talk about LT's comments. And we go to a video package with LT talking about Bam Bam. Yes. It seemed, it, it seemed, it seemed yeah. more of like a video package pretty much building up LT for Bam Bam. Yeah. Well, I think I think this was a good move because uh, it re- <laughs> he needs to be produced is, is I think, kind of the end, end of the story here. Like he was not coming across well when he was speaking impromptuly um, and – he need, he needed to like I said be produced have a script I'm sure there was Jim Cornette or somebody off to the side telling him what to say and it comes across so much better than um the these previous weeks I guess to kind of do a early past to present segment since uh, with you talked about that can maybe think of a, a few things about I guess okay. personality is how how uh. Roman, Roman Reigns' promos aren't really that great. And okay. you know, like his backstage uh, segments that are obviously taped beforehand seem better than his in-ring live segments. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like segments like this that we saw with LT would, would benefit certain guys nowadays like Roman Reigns who can't really, who don't have the ability quite yet to speak, who have the great, uh, I'm excited, like Will and Regal. I guess, right. yeah, well, I, I know think you know what I'm trying to get at that. Do you feel like yeah. some guys could, would be benefited to do something like LT had? 
Yes, I do. I do know what you're saying. And um, I'm a little torn on what my answer to that should be, because I think, yes, I, yes, I do think that a lot of guys would benefit from that. But I also think that a key component of wrestling, a one of the biggest components of wrestling for me is to get out in front of the crowd and talk. And if you can't do that, I think you need to go back to the drawing board a little bit. Um, if you always need to be produced and be in a uh, pre-taped segment to be watchable, maybe you shouldn't be res- main eventing WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. That's ki- that's kind of where I'm at. Because like, yes, I agree with you that a lot of guys come across a lot better when they have a little production behind them. But um, you know, you can't always have that, right? Fair enough. So I guess. LT and Roman Reigns have something in common. Besides I, Benedict and WrestleMania. They have a lot in common, actually. They're both football players. They both suck at promos. Yeah, they're they're both not super good in the <laughs> ring. But can I do my Lawrence Taylor now? Yes. I don't run from him. That's what makes a man a man. I've been going against the odds all my life. I've been going against three, four men at a time. I managed to get the job done. And then, so he comes, he finishes with his like main line. All right. He said this last week, or I think he said it the last two weeks. So this is the third week in a row where he says, I'm coming out like a bunch of crazed dogs. <laughs> what? I don't understand. He's only one guy, not a bunch of dogs. Exactly. Exactly. I'm looking up if he must have said this another time. And as one who is a dog, it's hard for one person to represent more than just one dog. Oh, I think we froze up. That was a good segment that Mr. Beverly Hills and I just wrapped up with. Beverly, how can they listen to us besides how they are? Yeah, I agree. That was a good, that was a good one. Um, so they can find us on iTunes, searching us out in the, in the podcast store. Um, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, uh, soundcloud.com slash main event status radio. You can listen to us on the website, main event status.com. I think that's everything, right? Yep. And you guys can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash main event status radio. You guys can interact with us there or on I or not iTunes on Twitter. Kind of close. I am at Dirty Dog MES. That's dog as in D A W G. Beverly, how can they talk to you on Twitter? You can talk to me at Beverly Hills MES. And I mean, I guess you can listen to it any way you want. You could like burn it to a vinyl if you want to listen to it like on a 45. That'd be awesome. You could like, you could put it like on a. An eight track? I don't even know how to record eight tracks. You could like record it on a on a tape. Uh, you could like transcribe it and read it as a book. Uh, you know, just any way you want, man or gal, whatever you want. I think my jokes will come across great in the book form. I agree. I was said that you were an old soul. What can I say, Jack? <laughs> All right, back to the show. And we're back here on Mid Event Status Radio. We got things figured out. And what happened, fans, was Mother D was trying to pull the plug on Mid Event Status Radio. 
because yeah, we were obviously talking, and then I'll I'll on my end, well, I guess on both ends, it call just dropped. And yeah. I was like what the heck's going on? So I stopped stopped the recording, walked out of the of the studio. I'm like, what's going on with the internet? Then Mother D said, Oh, oh, I totally forgot you already recorded. I'm sorry about that. I just restudied the router. <laughs> give, give it a minute. <laughs> oh my god, amazing. <laughs> and I felt like that was an amazing moment too because how we were talking about during the first match, how we had that impromptu commercial. Oh my gosh, I can't believe Mother D called, pulled the plug on Main Event Status Radio. So I felt like it was only apropos in that just like we saw earlier in the night that Raw had an impromptu commercial and came back out of the blue, so did Main Event Status Radio. <laughs> lordy, lordy. <laughs> so, we were awesome. talking, so we were talking about LT and all that. Okay, yeah, so I was able to do the research while you were getting the pu- the plug pulled. <laughs> Apparently, yes, the coming out like a bunch of crazed dogs is a Lawrence Taylor, like, catchphrase like, that is he used. Man. I watched a clip from, like, 88 where he was saying it to his teammates. Now, it makes more sense when you're talking to, pe- like, a group of people, yeah. if you're to say, we're coming out like a bunch of crazed dogs, and I'm coming out like a bunch of crazed dogs, but he, whatever. I think, well, I guess this is a English minor coming out of me, but if he's want so want to use that line, he, instead of, I'm coming out as, a like, a group of crazed dogs, yeah. you should say, I'm coming out like a crazed dog. Well, exactly. I just bought alas. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. Okay. Then we get, then we get uh, some comments from Mongo McMichael. Yeah, well, we ran down his all-pro team. It's the same as last week. If you want to hear the who the LT's all-pro team is, it's the same ones. Um, yep, then we got the comments from Mongo. He's tickled pink to be part of Lord Taylor's all-pro team. <laughs> He's I guess, heard- he'll sh- guess he'll show up on Raw next week to go against somebody. I didn't hear who he mumbled. Comma! I've heard of this comma character making disparaging remarks about me, is what he said. <laughs> I'm excited to see what Mongo will do next week on Raw. Right on. Right on. So we kicked it back to Cornette, and he said he wants to hear from some wrestlers. Yeah. He's, he's annoyed from hearing from these uh, football players. So Can we go to the Million Dollar Team? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, million Dollar Man calls Lawrence Taylor Mr. Lack of Talent. <laughs> <laughs> well, makes sense. Oh, no. Who, uh, no, this is Bam Bam. Lawrence Taylor, Mr. Lack of Talent. You can bring whoever you want. It's going to be me you and, me and you face-to-face, and you're going down April 2nd. What makes sense of lack of talent, LT, Lawrence Taylor? Oh, oh maybe that's just going for, huh? <laughs> yeah, then Batman was also saying that LT can pick anybody for his team. It doesn't yep. matter. Right. Yeah, so all of the all of the uh, million-dollar team guys kind of pick a all-pro team guy and kind of run him down a little bit. Um Tatanka challenges Chris Spielman. He says, you're going to be on the defense because I'm going to be on the offense or whatever. Um, that one kind of sucked. King Kong Bundy, his was pretty good, though. He challenged Reg- Reggie White, and he said that Reggie White is used to being triple teamed on every play, but how's it going to be when he's triple teamed by one guy? I thought that was, <laughs> that was kind of a cool, I'm like, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense, right? And then, comma, so... Uh, joined the million dollar team. Yeah. I, was, I I wanted to ask you about that. When did when did Kama join the million dollar dollar corporation? Because 
I think up to I think this week, Kano was, you Solo. know, on his own and saying that he wants more competition. I know, right? Like last week, wasn't he in a match? I think so. Last week, if not the week before. Yeah, so weird. So yeah, apparently now he's part of the Million Dollar Corporation, and yeah, he challenged Stephen McMichael to not step over the line, or you'll be hit. <laughs> And then they all laughed at the same time, and it was hilarious. They're, they're doing like villain laughs. They're like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved it. That was, got, that was funny. Vince, and then later, oh, sorry. sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that we got some uh, pre-recorded comments with Vince and Ernie Ladd. Oh yeah, before we get to that, yeah. I want to say that like. Um, Later, when they show the million dollar team, apparently this they've also added Nikolai Volkov within these last couple weeks to their ranks as well. Which that's kind of a funny, um, that's kind of a funny whole situation. Even though it's too bad because Nikolai Volkov is totally past his prime. But um, if are you familiar with that storyline at all? I, I know I remember somebody here, either you or somebody else, telling me about it. But please explain. It's actually to to make it something that you would be familiar with. It's really similar to when um, JBL bought Shawn Michaels. Okay, you you yeah, I remember. I'm sure you remember that storyline. Yep, that's almost exactly what happened. Uh, Nikolai Volkov was broke, so Million Dollar Man um, brought him onto the squad or whatever. But he had to do heelish acts even though he was kind of secretly a good guy. And hilariously, he wore a tuxedo t-shirt instead of, like, Million Dollar Man's real tuxedo. And he wore um, his little shorts, had a cent sign instead of a dollar sign. Which makes me laugh because it reminds me of the time that when we were just still in college and I, I think I paid you one dollar to come with <laughs> come with me to go eat supper. That's right, I do remember that. <laughs> I hope I gave it back to you because that'd be rotten if I was like, yeah, pay me to be your friend. I don't remember, but <laughs> that'd it doesn't be matter. Ass. I'm pretty sure I gave it back to you. <laughs> I'm sure it also makes me laugh too because I think either this, that summer before that school year or the summer afterwards, I also I think paid my niece like a cent to do something. I don't remember what. <laughs> so it makes uh, me laugh too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So then we got the the uh, words with Big Cat Ernie Lad, who Cornette says is the one football player that he respects. Yes, which makes me laugh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, then, yeah. We, Ernie Lad. Then yeah, we got some uh, videotape footage with Vince and Ernie Lad from earlier in the night with Empty Arena, which I really like the touch. Oh man, Lad is a boss. This promo was awesome. This it was it was so good. It was like everything that this um, feud needed, in my opinion. Yeah, help 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 put put over the the match, the main event match at WrestleMania, and just because you really loved it, Beverly Hills. I have to <laughs> open up my can of Minivest that is soda. Right. And I I just think it was it was so good because it's just like he's painting the picture that um well I mean like he's just in the middle, right? Like he's saying that 
you know, Lawrence Taylor's a great athlete, just like Ernie Ladd was. Um, but uh, in his words, I trained and trained and trained and trained and trained for it. And he said, you know, I got my face beaten in. I got it rubbed against my nose, rubbed against the canvas, whatever, you know, saying that coming in and wanting to be the star in your first match isn't expected. He gives the edge to Bam Bam. I just thought this was really good. Yeah, that, that Vince Prover that lad uh, played for both the NFL and was in the WWF. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you said, that McMahon asked if LT had a chance against Bam Bam at Median. Uh, that Ernie Ladd had to give Bam Bam the advantage because he's in, in his arena and not in LT's. And then, right. yeah, like you said, Ladd took a lot of time to transition between football and you know, football the football field and the wrestling ring. And how yeah, he put over how long it took to transition between the football field and the you know, the squared circle and and he felt like LT is playing off of emotions and may get hurt because of it. Yep, and that LT needs to watch his pride because Lucifer was kicked out of heaven for pride. <laughs> So yeah, because like you said, Ernie Ladd. Yeah, I felt like if I felt like Ernie Ladd's promo helped put over that main event match for me that we'll see in a few weeks. If it's just based on LT versus Bam Bam, I was there based on Bam Bam's promos, not LT's. So mm-hmm. er, Ernie Ernie Ladd's promo helped put it over that I'm excited, more excited to review that match when we when we review it here in a few weeks. Yeah, and I mean like if. Uh... Hindsight being twenty twenty, I don't know if he want if he was still wanting to be in this what this thing, but wouldn't it have been good if Ernie Ladd would have been Lawrence Taylor's trainer and he would have done the talking for him? Yeah. I think it would have came across a lot better. Then we get our next match: Jeff Jarrett, the Intercontinental Champion, with his roadie, the roadie, <laughs> versus Barry. Horowitz. Yes. I am, I am thrilled to finally review another Barry Horowitz match. Yeah, right. <laughs> we got that Barry Horowitz, Barry Horowitz cutaway promo. Yes. I'm good. I'm confident. And I've been talking to my man, R.R., Razor Ramon. <laughs> Which made me laugh, too. I love my man, R.R. <laughs> I find that funny, too, because whenever we review a Razor Ramon match... I shortened his name down to RR. <laughs> so as we usually do, especially for the series, what's your thoughts on Double J's gold nipple cage attire? Um, oh gosh. See, now I can't really remember because then after this, I watched King of the Ring 1994 where he's wearing orange nipple cage with black boots. So <laughs> to be honest, can't quite remember the gold nipple cages at this moment. Okay, well, it was just pretty much a gold nipple cage. And, and there was some <laughs> kind of design, but I couldn't tell what it, what kind of design it was on, like half the tights. <laughs> that was nice. Perfect, perfect. So uh, this started off. Awesome. We got Barry with a really quick backslide, an attempted small package, and a kiwi roll for um, very close two counts. Um, He chases Double J to the outside, and he has to get a roadie rub down for, uh, you know, his his issues there. Um, We got Cornette 
comparing Barry to the uh, Major League Baseball replacement players, which was weird. Um, was it, wasn't it right around this time when, when it's announced that Double J will take on Razor at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental title? Oh, uh, maybe. Okay, well, I, was, I was writing about the baseball strike. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I know right around this time, time at least in my notes, uh, when Double J rolled out of the ring to talk to the roadie about some strategy, yeah, it was announced that Double J will take on Razor at WrestleMania for the tit- Intercontinental title. It made me think about last week when... It was announced during Backlund's match that he's facing Bob Backlund or facing Bret Hart in an I Quit match, and how that stunned us. Like, okay, we haven't really seen any build up for that match. We kind of guess we can kind of see some build up from for the Intercontinental Title match, but we really haven't seen anything up to this point. Mm-hmm. Any, right? Any, any teasing or anything? I th- I don't know. I think just in general, this uh, WrestleMania outside of the. Uh, Lawrence Taylor match and kind of the title match has had awful build up. Yeah, I think <laughs> I don't know, and maybe they're getting it better on other programming. But like, we have this continent. We have this intercontinental match that hasn't really been getting much. We have this very weird I quit match that's been getting nothing. So, yeah, I don't know. Okay, so uh, after the roadie rub down, uh, Jarrett came in and he was really throwing Barry all around the ring, kind of uh, taking over a little bit. But Horowitz, he got a hold of this arm bar. And then, like, just like, kind of funny enough, um, that match last week, the one that you liked so much, he did kind of the thing where he was holding on to it through moves, right? Yeah. And he held on through a hip toss. He did a really good one similar to HBK and Michaels where – or HBK and Michaels. <laughs> when, when, when Bulldog slammed HBK out of it, but – um. It was a different armbar. That was like the straight armbar. This is kind of a, a side one. And uh, I really liked when Jarrett slammed Barry to the mat and he just rolled through with it. Oh, that looked so good. I love good like mat work and stuff. Just as awesome to me. Um, so this is when I just, I just had to write in my notes that I really like Barry Horowitz. I just can't, I can't get around it. I think he's an awesome wrestler. I I don't know. I don't know where it went wrong that he's just like this forever jobber. I think he's great in the ring. I don't think he's the worst promo ever. Why is he where he is? I just don't get it. Yeah, because like, like I said, he was probably one of the best jobbers that WWF had during this time frame that even still nowadays people – I guess even us, we're still talking about him on podcasts and elsewhere. Right. I, me- I, mean, I remember, I think it was a few years ago that you came up to visit me one week, and then, I think it was SummerSlam 95 or something like that, that we yes. watched, mm-hmm. watched, you know, watched, you know, Skip versus Barry Horowitz. Yes. And all that, how he, over Barry was just, just because he finally won a match. Right. I just think, you know, wasn't there a tag team they could have put him in, or wasn't there, a, there could have been some role... Um, to get him mid-card level. Because I, th- I think he had all the talent. I just wonder if he had 
just kind of like the stink of being Barry Horowitz on him. I don't know. Just put him in a mask or something. But there should have been more use to him, I yeah. think, in the early to mid-90s. Because I just think that's just wasted talent. Well, and I don't know. Have we talked on the – um have we talked on the podcast before about how he gets really upset when someone calls him a jobber? No. Okay. So, like, he, he was in some interview or whatever, and they said, like, most well-known jobber, Barry Horowitz. He got really kind of pissed about it because he said, like, a jobber is like um, Jumbo Beretta, right? <laughs> like, yeah. remember a few weeks ago, just, like, piece of crap you know, just go out there, get pinned. He's like, I don't know what you call me, but I think I'm better than that. And I would agree. I do think he's more than that because yeah, just because he loses every time or, you know, his win loss records pretty bad. Um, I think he's better than that because I think he, he is that true, like that kind of euphemism from for Jobber, the enhancement talent. I yeah. think that's it because he does enhance whoever he's in there with. Yeah, because it makes me think about Cody Rhodes nowadays on Twitter that once in a while he does like a Q&A with his Twitter followers. And okay. I remember one time on Twitter, I think as you mentioned on a Wrestling Observer podcast, that that somebody asked Cody what's his thoughts on the term jobber and Cody Rhodes hated, hates that. He would prefer people to use the term, yeah, like you said, enhancement talent. Right. That he's in the same boat with Barry Horowitz who just hates jo- the term jobber. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. I can kind of under- – I wish I could understand, you know, that's their profession and, you know, people are, are – like Barry Horowitz are meant to help build whoever their opponent is up. Yeah, and I mean, like, I don't know. I think, like, a jobber would be one that doesn't enhance or make the other person look better. Where, like, I th- I think consistently Barry Horowitz makes the person he's wrestling look better. Heck and if he can't, I think it's on the other person. Yeah. So, um, I took note where Barry is yelling at Rhodey, shut up, punk, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the he's still working the arm now he's kind of kind of in a chicken wing he rolls him down into a two count um he did a leapfrog kind of a flying butt block but out of the butt block he lands wrong hurts his knee and there we get to the finish you want to take the finish yeah that uh yeah i put down yeah put down the barry Harwoods hurt himself when he when he uh high knee double j then that caused double j to hit him with a chop block Mm-hmm. Yeah, jumped on, jumped on his leg on the bottom rope and slapped on the figure four, and Barry Harwood's had to give up. Yep, eventually he had to give up. So I thought this was another really nice, quick uh, match. I really dug this match a lot. This is another two-star for me. I have to up this match to what I originally had it. Okay. Just because of your review, Beverly Hills. Oh, wow. Originally, yeah. it, originally welcome, it was a gold Barry. dud. Now it's just Sorry. originally. Now it's a gold half star. Okay, cool. You know, just just because, like you said, that Barry Horowitz put over Jeff Jarrett. I can't remember which Jeff Jarrett match we reviewed within the last few weeks, but if I remember correctly, both of us weren't really that impressed with that match. And I felt like this match with Jeff Jarrett was hell of a lot better than that previous match a few weeks ago. Right. I don't remember which match it was, but. 
whatever. So yeah, this was fuck a better match, especially for me a better match than the first match that we reviewed already. Yeah, right. Then we get a Diesel Slim Jim commercial. <laughs> yep, yep. And I more ha- more excitement than he has shown ever. And I have to talk about this Slim Jim commercial. How he, he was lifting some weights over his head with two arms. Yeah. Yes. And he took one down to grab some Slim James. This is impre- impressive. How stupid is that? He could have killed himself. He is Big Daddy Dumb. When did you call him Big Daddy Fool? That too. I'd go with Big Daddy Fool. I guess it rhymes with Big Daddy Cool. <laughs> but I do yes. like Big Daddy Dumb. <laughs> Okay. Then we go to see some um, video footage of Jerry Lawler trying to outsmart, outsmart everybody in the WWE Superstars Battle Royal that we talked about a while back. Yes. Then we see some uh, pre-tape footage from Bret Hart and how he's pissed off about Jerry Lawler and wants to take Jerry Lawler out. And he wants to beat the crap out of him. <laughs> I feel like uh, Bret Hart did, did, some nice, did a nice fiery promo for, the, for that match. Yeah, I thought so too. Backwards hat heart. Is uh, talking about that. Jerry Lawler's a pain in the butt. <laughs> then we get the WrestleMania report with Todd Pentengale. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, mo- most of this is just kind of rehash stuff, but there's a couple new things that I at least took note of. Maybe there's some new things that you took note of, too. Uh, some. Well, well, we can talk about it. How Todd honestly plugs that we should call our cable provider and ask for WrestleMania. Yep. And he said that the world's focus on LT versus Bam Bam because he became official tweaks ago at the press conference. Yep. I guess Salt and Pepper will be sitting LT down to the ring. Yes, and this is this is one of the new things. We get Salt and Pepper in the recording studio talking about the various wrestlers, which I thought was <laughs> funny. <laughs> Ray Sal Ramon. He's oozing machismo. <laughs> <laughs> they were also they were talking about. Gosh, who else were they talking about? Diesel, I think too. Oh gosh, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, then we get a uh, Diesel who defend the title against Shawn Michaels. So we get an interview with Shawn and Pamela, and they talk about. Yes. Oh, oh, Shawn always said that they'll be the talk of the town when Shawn wins the title at WrestleMania, and how Pamela seems completely uncomfortable with it. Well, I think yeah, I think they're kind of. Yeah, going that way. Then we get Undertaker vs. King come Monday. Bret Hart vs. Bob back in the I quit match. Uh, Razor Ramon vs. Jeff Jarrett in the Intercontinental title match, which we talked about. Then the take team titles will be defended with when Smokey Guns will would face Owen Hart and a mystery partner. Right. Have they went over the men on a mission thing yet? Or are you getting to that? Which, which we, we brings us to the video, the action zone footage from the night before when when I went on a mission thought they won the take titles. And they didn't. And Smokey Guns <laughs> outsmarted them and retained their titles. So, yeah, I know you said you kind of wanted to talk about that. I can let you. Oh, just, just that they they freaked out. Uh, this is kind of their pre-turn after they, I don't know. Let's let's just blame the, where the blame needs to be. Mo, the worst wrestler on the planet. Yes. Too much momentum, jumping off the ropes, getting uh, pinned there. Hey, but after, hey, hey, I see what you've done there. <laughs> Did it? Good joke. <laughs> so, um, yeah, shoot. Oh, when they attacked the guns after the 
bell ring there. It was funny because it was dark, and Vince is like, turn the lights on, turn the, or no, it was Ross, turn the lights on, turn the lights on. <laughs> you know, which, you know, we're talking about Action Zone, I do want to mention another another thing, I, and I'll kind of tie it in with Action Zone. I emailed Dave Meltzer and Brent Overus this past week about Action Zone and WWF uh, Sunday Night Slam. Okay. And I was asked, you know, they talked about it on the on the Tuesday, March 10th episode of Wrestling Observer Radio, because you know, they, when they reviewed the Raw for the night before, and I asked them about if the, you know, that we're reviewing the Raws up to WrestleMania 11 and how Action Zone and Sunday Night Slam has been talked about on the episodes. And yep. I was kind of, I asked them, you know, is there any chance that those two, you know, those shows will be uploaded on the network? And Meltzer Perot said, there's a, how do you word it? There's very low priority on them being uploaded to the network. And I was curious because, like you said earlier, earlier that there is no storyline connection on like the Jeff Jarrett versus Razor Ramon match or the Bret Hart versus Bob Backley match mm-hmm. on Raw. And I was just wondering if, you know, action, action Zone and Superstar has been a weekly thing. It looked like Sunday, Sunday Night Slam was like a special that they did once every few months. Uh, I was just curious if stuff those would be uploaded for we can kind of get more of the backstory. But yeah, like what Meltzer said to be really anyways, no chance in hell that they'd be uploaded to the network. That sucks. But then I, yeah, then, I just wish it was just everything. Yeah, I mean we've we've talked about this before, just with network stuff, and it just stinks. I just I don't know why it just can't be everything. I think they have the servers for it, but what you know. That? It, it'll never be, but I wish it was. Then we also get the Allied Powers to take on the Blues Brothers, which another thing like what the hell? We're, you know, we never see any tease between Lux Luger and the British Bulldog teaming up as Allied Powers on Raw. Um, yes, we did. Well, just a one take match, wasn't it? Yep, and well, and we've gotten kind of the tease with them against the Million Dollar Corporation, and I was going to kind of pitch to you why this wasn't. Uh, uh, Lex Luger and British Bulldog against um, Tatanka and IRS. It makes sense. I I don't know why that wasn't it. I feel like that should have been it instead of them against the Blue Brothers because, you know, we know that Lex Luger and Bulldog are going to win. Yeah. Right. They're they're up on, they're on the top of the card. Blues are not, but the Blues are getting a pretty good push right now. Um, so why stop it? I don't know. And it's going to be sapped dead in its trash. You just know it's going to because uh, Luger and, and Bulldog are not going to take a half win. They're going to win clean. Yeah. You just know they're going to win clean. So I don't know why you're going to stop the blue push dead in its tracks. Unless if something happened, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Then Todd Pettengill runs on the famous people who be at WrestleMania. I don't care. So they take the names down. Here's the big note. Fishbone are not mentioned anymore. Uh-oh. So I don't know. Remember last week I wasn't sure if I was like, hey, why isn't Fishbone? Uh, I don't remember them. Ooh. So I guess uh, Todd Petgill kind of an- answers that question for you a little yeah, bit. We'll, we'll, see, we'll, keep, we'll keep our ear to the street in this one. but So we get our main event match for the night. Jerry the King Lawler with our favorite bull, Nanako. My favorite, Bill, Bill Nakano. She can be your favorite, too. Versus Brett the Shatman Hart. 
<laughs> the Shat Man. No, the Shat Man, he's not there. Just because <laughs> Bret Hart and Shatner were friends a few weeks back, that's why I had to call Brett the Shat Man. <laughs> I wanted to ask, do you know what Bull Nakano was up to during this period in the well, WWE? Okay. She's the champion, they said. Okay. I didn't I didn't know, but yeah, they 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 mentioned that she was the uh the women's champion. Okay, I guess they, I do remember them saying that, but yeah, I was just kinda curious that you know, I guess they said it after I typed the question, but I was just kinda curious since I don't remember really seeing Bull Nakano on Raw during the series yet. Right, yeah, this is the first time that we've seen her. It um, like the fans jumped to their feet when Bret Hart came out. Oh, yeah, the, he's, he got a pretty big pop, definitely. The one thing that gave me a big pop was when Lawler attacked Bret from behind when Bret was getting into the ring, when the, when the lights were off. Okay, yeah. Which, but Bret, Bret quickly turned that around. Rather quickly, yes. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, so Hart's knocking Lawler all around the ring, inside and outside. Um. I <laughs> the next note I have is I'll just read it I guess as Hart's beating up Lawler they decide that they need to do any type of promotion for this WrestleMania match and show Bob Backlund in the crowd. Yeah, but last that's all we get is just him like standing there stoically. So <laughs> made, made me laugh. God, I'm like, are we gonna get anything for this? Like anything? It, and then later. I get, no, you know what? I'll get to that later. Yeah. But it, it made me laugh seeing Bob Backlund standing, standing, you know, stoically in the crowd because when I saw that, I burst out laughing because it reminds me of one of my coworkers just standing, waiting for boxes coming down to him, standing like, <laughs> standing almost stoically, like, like what's what the heck's going on? Amazing, I mean, just amazing. I get it. It's awesome. <laughs> um, around this time. Uh, Hart did a inverted atomic drop, which McMahon <laughs> awesomely called a reverse pile driver. <laughs> <laughs> what a maneuver! <laughs> I'd rather a what a maneuver, a reverse pile driver. <laughs> oh, awesome. McMahon! Awesome. Um, next we got my man, the great Hakushi. Yes. And his and his white face friend Shinja, they're out. Okay, I think before that, I had okay. I noted that Brett put the kid in a trio wall, which I okay. was happy to see since we don't see that that often, even during the series. Okay, sure. But yeah, the Hakushi news manager are in the aisle checking out Brett, which I think tied. Which you know we kind of talked about pre- preluded a little bit, but I think that. I'm happy that they're starting to tie in the racism comments that Lawler's been saying in the last few weeks in with getting Hakushi and Bill Nakano in, kind of tied in with the Bret Hart, Jerry Lawler storyline. Yeah, and I mean, if they want to... Now, I don't think they ever, like, tell this story fully, but if they wanted to tell the story that, like, Lawler is manipulating these folks or like they are manipulating him you know because they're heels or whatever and they're just or they're just both villains and they're working together on this um that they want to turn it turn it against heart i think that'd be that'd make it better now yeah this is actually at least taking it in the right direction um yeah yeah then yeah when brett spots hikushi and all that was, you know, watch, kind of watch him and all their tactics. Brett from behind. 
commercial. Which, yeah, which I thought was cool. And we got a commercial. Then we get, come back, we hear in Burger King chants. Yeah. Burger King. Burger King. And then I saw some people in Burger King crowns yeah. booing Lawler. <laughs> um. The next one, the next one I have is that Lawler has Hart in the robes, and he goes, "Look at him! Look at him!" <laughs> um, Lawler hit a really nice, kind of delayed vertical suplex, which yeah. good, which, which looked was, good. I which guess. I was surprised to see out of Lawler because I don't ever remember seeing him pull that out. Yeah, he doesn't whip out that kind of stuff very often. Not really at all. Um, but then he followed it up by going up top. <laughs> Which I'm like, whoa, I've never seen this either. And he uh, gets punched in the gut. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Brett did like a super punch that sent Lawler over the ropes to the outside. Okay, Which I think before that we got a running bulldog from Brett out of the corner. Oh, yep. Then he, then he hit a side rushing leg sweep, which I had to mention that if Bret Hart was racist, why would he hit a side rusher leg sweep? <laughs> I get it. But then, um, we, then we get the punch to Lawler, and he tumbles over the top rope. Right. Yep. Yep. So um, outside, then uh, Bull tries to get involved. She kind of hits Brett, and then as he's going for her, Lawler hooks his arms, and she's going to kick him, but she ends up kicking Lawler. Um, which makes then Lawler rolls into the ring, and we get to the finish here. Which we get get a count out that yep. the, ref, the ref was counting Brett and Lawler out, and all that. And Lawler rolled in right away. Then when Brett was trying to get in, Bull held his leg and was laying on the floor, so the referee couldn't see her doing that. Yes. So the winner is Jerry the King Lawler by count out. And I rated this match one star, Beverly. <laughs> um, I rated it. Oh gosh. Oh, star and three quarter. You only rated one star. I only rated it one half, but since I bumped up the the Jeff Jarrett Booger uh, Kid, Jeff Jarrett Barry Harwitz match, I had to bump this match up a little bit too. Okay, see, I, I, th- I guess I, I wasn't was... really that in. I really wasn't that impressed with this match. I was expecting more out of it. Okay, I was too. I thought I was being harsh on it, saying it's starting three quarter. Um, I thought I just sort of never really got going, and it kind of just had a crap finish. Yeah, so. same same here. I I had a tough time trying to get into the match. Yeah. yeah. And then Bull ran away. Brett tried to follow her. Then Hakushi stood between. Well, my man Hakushi. Your man stuck. Hakushi stood between Brett and Bull. <laughs> and all that. Then Lawler attacked Brett from behind, but to no success. Brett brought him back to the ring and beat him up some more. Yep. Yep. Got a back body drop on him. Lawler ran away. And we go to commercial break. I guess we'll be getting some words from Double J here in a little bit. Then another commercial, then come back. Corny puts over Razor Ramon versus Henry Gatto next week, which I'm kind of excited for. Yes. Then we get a WWF Take Team title match with the Smoking Guns versus the Heavenly Bodies. I was bummed because I was hoping Corny would say the Beverly Bodies. Beverly Bodies. <laughs> then we get, then Vince is re inside with Jeff Jarrett and Barry Horowitz. And came down to Jeff Jarrett was willing to grant Barry Horowitz a rematch. For the, for the Intercontinental title, and right when Barry Horowitz is about to sign his name, Backlund came out of the crowd and put him in a crossface chicken win, which made me laugh, and signed the contract. Yeah, well, because apparently he's been hired by law up Jarrett to take out Horowitz, but then because Bob is 
a good guy, apparently. Or what? I don't know. Ah, the booking of Bob Backlund is so frustrating right now because, like, this was hilarious, I thought, right? Like, he puts him in the crossface chicken wing, and then he signs the contract, and and, uh, ah, why do I keep calling him Lawler? And Jarrett goes, he's like, no, no, Bob, no, no. And then Vince puts over in his Vince voice, we're going to see Jeff Jarrett versus Bob Backlund. Yeah. Which I was excited for, to be honest. <laughs> so we might also take our final break for the for the podcast. We'll be right back for with our jobber and a main event set of star. We'll be right back. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. I've been a marked man. Ever since I won the Royal Rumble this year. It's only going to get worse, Dad. Take a look at me, for God's sake. You can't look so good, act so fun, have a God-given ability, not be the envy of every superstar backstage in the WWF and on Man of Status Stadium. I thought it necessary to find a man to watch my back. You want to know who this guy is? Tonight, I will show you this man. This bodyguard of mine is big, he's bad, he's vicious, he's the one the only Vicious Hills. See, I bet millions of people around the world are asking why. Why take another chance on a bodyguard when Diesel turns his back on you when times got tough? See, we sat down and talked and he realized, Hills, you are a man with no feelings, no remorse for any living soul. And second, more importantly, I will be by his side when times are good and the times are bad. Ah! This is simple. The heartbreak dog and myself, we will rule the world because I am the man they call Hills. All right, and we're back with the thrilling conclusion, take two. Yeah, <laughs> the, the final final version. Of Main Event Status Radio. We got the jobber and the main eventer for the night. Go for it. My Main Event Status Star, just to change it up, has to be <laughs> Mr. Bob Backlund. Got it. He, was, he stole the show for me for coming out of nowhere and pushing Barry Hurwitz out with the crossfit chicken wing and sending his name on the dotted line face Jeff Jarrett for the inter- Intercontinental title. Right, and that looked really good. I liked um, him doing that. Uh, it was it was nicely done. My main eventer was the guy he pushed out of the way, Barry Horowitz. Poor Barry. <laughs> Why do you pick Barry? Oh my gosh, because he was the, I think, the highlight of the show, best wrestler on the show, um, brought you know, brought his brought his game tonight. Man, he works hard. I liked it. So my co-jobbers for the night has to be the Blues Brothers because I could, could care less about them with their match with the Head Shrinkers earlier in the night. Okay, fair enough. Who, who, who's <coughs> my, your jobbers? My co-jobbers. co-jobbers. I also have co-jobbers. My co-jobbers are Jerry Lawler and Bret Hart. Fair just enough. because coming from two long, long-term main eventers, right? We got. 
Jerry Lawler, who's been a main eventer for, at this point, 20 years. We got Bret Hart, who's been a main eventer for a good five years um, and a, a top-of-the-card player for 10. They need to bring it harder than they brought it. And if you're going to get outshone by uh, the Head Shrinkers and the Blue Brothers and then a match between Barry Horowitz and, Jer- and uh, Jeff Jarrett – um, we you have problems, True. and I, I don't know. I don't know if they're phoning it in, or just if they didn't have it that night or whatever. But it just wasn't wasn't good enough for me. Have we ever talked about? Well, I guess I do have an idea. I don't know okay. if we talked about this before. I know with Bob Backlund being used during this time of being a star from the eighties and coming okay. in in the new generation in the nineties. Is there anybody from the '90s or early 2000s that could kind of be the play the Bob Backlund role nowadays? Oh, now this is what I'm talking about. This is a good one. This is our past and oh, present segment, people. Yes, gosh, this is a good one because I really want to think about this. Um, well, I guess the most obvious example would be The Rock, yeah. which has worked, right? Could, I think. Could there be anybody else besides The Rock? Oh yeah. Oh no, I'm sure. I'm sure. I was just throwing that first one out. To say that the one that they've tried with The Rock has worked well. Um, oh, shoot. I don't know. That's hard to say because I don't know who's, like, still wrestling or, like, who's in still in good shape. I know on a minor role, they've in NXT, they brought back Rhino and Brian Kendrick. And they've had, they've had good matches within the last month with the guys who are... Um, who are up and coming. So actually they are kind of playing the Bob Backlund role as kind of just gatekeepers to these younger guys. What about, uh, what about triple H in your opinion? Uh, I, I don't know. I just don't know. And I don't know if it's because I have sour grapes of triple H from, you know, 10 years ago or what, but I feel like, you know, triple H always wins. Yeah. And, and it's it's tough for me because he does always win, and Bob Backlund appeared to be willing to do whatever they needed him to. Fair yeah, because yeah, I really can't think of anybody else who could come back to play the Bob Backlund role because like uh, Steve Austin's too injured. Yeah, Shawn Michaels wants to be retired and you know that because he wants to keep to his promise. Undertaker's body's beaten and I don't know why he's I don't know now does this show you something about that era of wrestling though that Backlund was able to come back Nikolai Volkov was able to come back even but now this generation they're all beat up so bad so does this tell you something about the late 90s 2000s that maybe they worked too hard or that they beat themselves silly a little too much because we got all those guys that you're talking about are just too injured to come back to play any type of role. I guess only Foley? Person, yeah, I guess the only person who I can really think of might be Cold Dust. Since yeah, he, since he has, and he's willing to do anything, just like Backland. And in ways, I feel like since him and Gold or him and Stardust broke up, things really haven't been that great. But for the you know when he first came back a couple years ago. Goldust was great. Oh yeah, he's still yeah, he still looks really good. No, that's true. So I feel yeah. Like- I guess 
I guess it's hard for me to say because I don't really know who's like kept themselves in good shape and stuff. Like that's always the thing about Backlund is that when he came back in 92, he looked the same as when he left in 84, you know? Yeah. Do you think maybe Batista? Yeah. I don't know. I just don't really like Batista. He, he, he tried it last year, obviously, yeah. right? They tried it. Yeah, and, it really didn't uh, go over too well. So well. Yeah. Didn't go so well. So I guess, yeah, that was, yeah. I just thought about that when we did take two with uh, with the uh, ending segment, I had the metrics. I couldn't remember for sure if we had talked about that or not. Right. No, that's a great one. That's a really good past present. That works perfect. So we might also do the plugs for the night, Mr. Beverly Hills. Do it, man. You guys can find us on our, web- on, on our website, mideventstatus.com. Again, that's mideventstatus.com. Dot com. You guys can also find us on our, on our SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash radio. That's all one word, soundcloud.com slash radio. You guys can like us on Facebook and interact with us there, facebook.com slash radio. Again, that's facebook.com slash radio. You can interact with me on the Twitter machine. I am at DirtyDogMES, dog as in D-A-W-G, at Dirty Dog MES, Mr. Beverly Hills, how can they interact with you on the Twitter machine? And and I would be at Beverly Hills MES. And Beverly, do you have any final thoughts or comments for the episode? Um, no, not really. I was gonna try to think of something deep, but I couldn't really. If you guys can think of who can play the modern Bob Backlund, please hit us up. We'd like to know your oh, thoughts. Heck yeah. Right, I'd love that. Well, I know, oh, sorry, sorry to keep going back and <laughs> trying to finish up here, but like a few years ago, they, I think they tried with a couple different people, like they rehired Henry Godwin. They did? For one, for one, yeah, yeah, back when, so this might have been more than a few years ago, back when there was still Deep South as a uh, developmental territory. So, gosh, we're almost going like 10 years at this point, but, um, before Jesse and Festus were Jesse and Festus, Jesse was going to come in with Henry Godwin, and they were going to do Pig Farmer together. Interesting. I'd never heard of that before. Yeah, yeah. And something... That would have been cool to see Yeah, and I don't know if Godwin got hurt or something on that. But, yeah, I think every now and then they think about like bringing people in and it seems like it hasn't worked as well for them these last few times Me- meaning that they haven't made the main roster i know they yeah. I, I wish i could remember maybe two or three years ago they brought in a few older guys but they didn't make it up the ranks um but yeah it's a good thought who can be the backland then for mr beverly hills i and the dirty dog darcy we get you get ooh. For Mr. Beverly Hills, I'm the Dirty Dog Darcy. We'll catch you guys next time on Main Events Status Radio. Don't unplug the router. <laughs>